www.thepowerofpeace.com. Hello, how are you, Melissa Sell? Hello, hello, I am great. How are you, Patrick? We're doing good. Up there in Big Bear, Big Bear Lake uh, uh, in, in California. Getting to be fall there, you tell me, right? Yes, it is getting chilly at night, and I, I'm a big fall lover, so I, I'm really excited. Yeah, uh, a, a cold wave came through here last week, and I have a, a golden doodle, and she was just like, like, wow, Dad, let's go everywhere, right? I mean, she was just, and then we had a, we had a rain, a cold, another cold wave came through last night and uh, all the phones are out, but our internet works. Good to have you here. Never mind me. How are you? You're good. You look great. Melissa Sell is a chiropractor and long ago she studied chiropractic school and she got hooked up with a guy, it's always about a guy, who was a chiropractor. And then you all got involved with a thing called Mind Mastery, right? I'd like to ask you about that, and you teach that, and, and uh, you have courses with your with your man, uh, Steve. And then you got hooked up with uh, German New Medicine, which is our favorite thing to talk about, and soul-mind-body connection. What is Mind, mind Mastery? What, what is that? Well, we teach, uh, it's a course, It's a, we're actually taking people through it right now. Um, it's called Awareness School, and mm-hmm. it is basically how we perceive the world. So we all are seeing the world through lenses, through layers of perception. Mm-hmm. And most people are aware, you know, that I'm perceived, you know, the way the world is and the way I perceive it are two different things. <laughs> We've got people all over who have different perceptions or are seeing the world in different ways. And the more intimately acquainted you are with your own perceptual filters, the more you understand about yourself. And so really, of course, it's all about self-awareness, knowing yourself, understanding, you know, like when you get offended, when you get your feelings hurt, when you have a conflict, it has everything to do with you and how you're in your world. And the more you understand about yourself and your perception, the more you have the ability to consciously choose instead of just, you know, react uh, the way you always have based on your early life programming. So it's about understanding your programming and then deliberately and intentionally shifting things so that you start getting more of the results that you want in life and fewer of the results that you don't want. Uh, can we get you a little closer to your microphone somehow in any way? Anyway? Check. check, check, check. I'd like to get you a little bit closer there. I think that'll work. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just speak up there for you. Um, so what would be, when you say filter, give us an idea of what a filter would be. Okay, so something like a belief that I'm not good enough. Mm-hmm. You know, so we have an early life event where, you know, we weren't chosen for the soccer team or, you know, we got made fun of. And so we developed this belief that I'm not good enough. And so we look at the world through the lens of I'm not good enough. And so we're always automatically assuming there's something wrong with me. I'm not smart enough. I'm not good enough because of this one thing that happened a really, really long time ago. Because when you're little, you you know something happens and it shapes your entire world, and you don't realize that oh this is this was an isolated incident. This wasn't about me as a person for forever. And so that can be a filter through which you see the entire world, through which you experience everything. And, you know, once I learned Germany medicine and how these perceptions of ourselves actually translate into physical tissue adaptations, so like a self-evaluation conflict, that's not feeling good enough, not feeling smart enough, not feeling like a, you know, a good partner, a good athlete, and your body tissues actually will renovate themselves to try to make you stronger. And so by understanding, oh, I'm perceiving everything through the lens of I'm not good enough, I, I see myself as less than, and I'm constantly sending those messages to my nervous system, and then you make that connection, you start to see, oh, that's the cause of my chronic back pain or neck pain or shoulder pain. And that was the cool thing about the mind mastery work and understanding perception and then connecting it to the science of GNM, which is that our subjective experience is informing our nervous system about adaptations that need to be made. So, 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 say, let's take that "I'm not good enough" thing, which would be subconscious for most people, because if you had a conversation with them, they would never come out and say, "Well, you know, I'm not good enough." 
right? But they might they might go out through their life subconsciously, kind of believing that. So, so Melissa, does the body? What does the body do to say for that specific, which is a great example, that specific trauma? What does the body do to try to compensate for that? So the program associated with the I'm not good enough experience is tissue renovation. And so it's a specific type of uh, program and it works like this. During the active conflict, so when you are devaluing yourself, saying I'm not a good enough athlete, Mm -hmm. not a good enough mother, I'm not smart enough, depending on the exact flavor of what's not good enough. So for example, the neck has to do with the intellect. Mm -hmm. And so that's feeling stupid. I'm not smart enough. Mm -hmm. Um, The shoulder has to do with relationships. And so if you are a right-handed woman um, and you feel like you are a bad wife, that'll show up in your right shoulder. If you are an artist and you feel like, oh, I'm not a good artist, it may show up in your wrist or your hand. And so what happens is there's tissue erosion, there's tissue loss during the active conflict. And so basically what's happening is your body is renovating the tissue. There's loss of bone or muscle or ligament, um, cellular loss, which weakens the tissue during that phase. But then once you resolve it, once you're like, you know what? I am a good artist. I am a good mother. You you get a boost of confidence. You get a you know you remember who you really are. Maybe you have some type of psychedelic experience, or you're like you break through your programming of I'm not good enough. You start feeling better about yourself, and then your body starts to make that tissue stronger from the inside out. And so that's when you have inflammation and pain and tenderness. That is when your body is healing and restoring that tissue that was renovated and eroded during the active conflict. And so the whole biological purpose is fulfilled after the swelling and the pain and the tissue restoration has completed because now you're, it's kind of like after a person has a broken bone, they say, you know, oh, the the bone is stronger. It's the strongest bone in the body after it's been broken because your body has reinforced it. That's kind of what's going on here when your body has repaired following a self-devaluation conflict, there is a strengthening in a more robust lymph node or muscle or bone after the conflict has been resolved. Hmm. Boy, that's fascinating. So so let's go back. So so during the conflict of I'm not good enough, whatever happened, the end of that now moment, that's when some damage is done to the tissue that's it could be considerable, even though it could only be an hour thing or a half an hour or something. Or it could. Well, yeah. So if it's only an hour or a half an hour that you're devaluing yourself, you may not even feel it. It may not manifest as like a huge symptom because mm-hmm. the intensity of the healing phase and of the restorative symptom is going to depend on the intensity and the duration of the active conflict. So something that was uh, very brief you know, the healing phase is also going to be equally brief. You know, I've I've had self-devaluation conflicts, like if I've skipped a workout and I'll go, oh no, I skipped my workout and I, I have this feeling of, you know, not being strong enough or not being fit enough. And the next day when I get my workout in, I'll have like a little bit of soreness in my wrist or my elbow because I, I did, I was devaluing myself for not working out. Then I worked out, oh, started feeling, oh, okay, I got my muscles back. And then my body goes through a mini repair phase, which is, oh, my, my wrist is a little sore or my elbow or my, you know, some body part is a little bit sore. And so this is a really great, because we all have little, you know, random aches and pains that show up. It's a great way to start to make these connections between your experience and what your body is doing. Hmm. So so the, the key thing is, and we've had other people tell us, uh, Richard Massey, who, who does a lot of work with recall healing, that when the pain that's when the healing is happening. Now, because the body is actually rebuilding, and that is that a, does that go through the whole thing, Melissa Self, or even things like cancer and stuff like that? Yes, for the vast majority, I think it's like 80% of conflict, 60 wow. to 80%, you only feel the symptom once the conflict has been resolved. And that's why Hmm. I think every single human on the planet needs to understand the five biological laws because 
if when you experience pain and in our culture, we are conditioned to see pain as a problem, yes. see it as there's something wrong with me, mm-hmm. I'm broken, I need medicine, I need to be fixed. Hmm. People rush off to various practitioners to try to get rid of the pain. Yeah. But when you understand the pain, you go, oh, the pain means my body is now healing and restoring. I must have been in a conflict. And if you are an introspective person who wants to understand things, you'll make the connection. What was I conflicted about? What was going on with me prior to the arrival of this pain? And then the pain, it it may still be intense. It may still be very difficult. You know, you might have a throbbing headache and a neck ache, and you might just be not able to do things. But when you have, when you're able to reframe the pain as this is my body healing, this is my body restoring, you do things differently. You know, you don't panic. Because that's how people get stuck in a chronic pain loop is if when you start having the pain, you go, oh, no, I can't work out even more. Like, not, you know, because the initial pain for me was caused by not working out. And then I work out, but then I get pain. If I go, oh, my goodness, if I devalue myself again over this pain, that's how a person can get stuck in a loop because they think that the pain means problem or that they devalue themselves not being aware of that, that devaluation is what's going to keep the pain going. Wow. Man, it's great stuff. I love talking to you about this stuff because I know, but I just don't understand it. It's so cool. Melissa Cell, her website is uh, drmelissacell.com, correct? drmelissacell.com. I want you to do me a favor, my dear. Would you would you go on to that little thing where you see settings on your, because I'm just still not pleased with your audio for some reason. What kind of microphone you got? You know, I'm using the computer microphone right now. Okay. Do you, should I plug in an extra one? Um, if you got one, I can do a commercial. It just it's it it comes and goes. It's real clear, and then it gets all muddy. And I want to hear just great great information. I want to make sure I get it out. You know, in the settings, if you can open up the settings, we might play with something. You see it there? Settings on the right hand, mm-hmm. bottom right. Yep, I'm using it right now. Yeah, and why don't you click uh, un? Whoop. Okay, yeah, you turned off for a minute. Yeah. No, I don't hear you at all now. So your microphone. Can you pick your? Do you have a choice of another microphone or just the only one, the computer microphone? How about that? Is oh. that any better? Is that? Did you change microphones? I did. Yes. Okay. Then and did you hit reconnect? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Let's try that. Okay. Uh, Man. <laughs> so, um, so let's go. Let's go back to say some real trauma. Say, not that that isn't, but let's say somebody's really attached to their dad. Their father gets killed in an accident, and they have this trauma, and they're just destroyed for you know a year. Who knows? Can this? Could you walk us through how this trauma could then be the beginning, maybe, of cancer ten years later? Absolutely. Okay. Yes. And this, so it is. It's this shock. Shock. That is what Dr. Summer discovered through his own personal experience of tragically losing his seventeen-year-old son. It was sudden. It was you know you don't expect a seventeen-year-old right. to right. to die, and so it was. It was tragic. It was sudden. And then following the loss of his son, he developed testicular cancer. Mm -hmm. And so his testicular cancer, you know, had everything to do with the fact that this was a loss of his offspring. And the testicular cancer isn't something going wrong. And that's one of the major things that he discovered through his own personal journey of developing cancer and then studying the thousands and thousands of people he studied was that, you know, the, the mainstream idea of cancer is that something's wrong with the body that there is, you know, cells replicating out of control. And even in the model of more alternative health, like the connection between stress and cancer, the idea is that stress burdens the body. So you're stressed, you're worried because of a loss or some other, you know, thing going on in your life. And that depletes your immune system. This is the old idea. That's the old idea. So there's the idea is that the, immune system is depleted, which allows cancer cells, which are seen as bad, evil, you know, malignant cells to take over. And so we, that was the old connection between stress and cancer. 
But what Dr. Hammer discovered is that the cancer is not a mistake. It's not due to depletion of the immune system. It's a, an intentional and deliberate adaptation to whatever type of shock you, you suffer and how you uniquely and individually experience that shock. So for Dr. Hammer, because it was the loss of his son, he experienced it as a loss of offspring type of conflict, which affected his testicles. And the whole biological purpose of that is so that his testicles are enlarged so that he has better chance of producing new offspring. It's crazy. Wow. Yeah. Another example. So like you said, so someone who, who loses their father, mm-hmm. that, that conflict's going to be perceived differently depending on the person. So it could still be a lost conflict affecting the testicles. It could be a lost conflict for a woman affecting the ovaries, or it could be, and I know of a person um, who had this specific experience where she, she uh, felt it as a someone torn from my breast. And so that affected, it was a separation uh, conflict that affected her breast duct, which manifested in what we call breast cancer. But the cancer is either something that grows during the conflict active phase to help you, or it grows during the healing phase as tissue restoration. And so this model completely changes everything we thought we knew about cancer. And we no longer see it as the body doing something wrong. We no longer see it as a mistake. We are seeing it now as a deliberate and intentional tissue adaptation based in our biology to help us to survive. So a lung tumor helps us to survive a death right conflict. A colon tumor helps us to survive an indigestible morsel, which is something that we can't digest, we can't process. So the body builds more cells in the intestines to produce more digestive juices so that you can break down the thing that you're not breaking down. In the lung, we build more alveoli to absorb more oxygen. And so every single tissue change that we experience as humans, we can trace it back to some type of conflict shock and some type of deliberate adaptation that the body went through. Man, that is just like crazy cool. I mean, crazy cool. Uh, but so, so, how is, so what's going on though when people say like they have cancer and they just continue to get stage one, stage two, stage three, stage four, and they want to, doctors want to go and cut this out and cut that out and cut out. What was, what was going on the last four or five years? Why, why would it continue to get worse? What's the, what are these cancer cells trying to do? Well, it has everything to do with the person and you know their, their life, what they're experiencing. Were they diagnosed? Because the diagnosis, because of our whole cultural ideology and the way we believe that cancer works, we see it as an enemy. We see it as this horrible thing in the body that shouldn't be there. And so often the the thing that causes cancer to worsen is often the fear of the cancer and that you are concerned, you've been diagnosed, you know, the thing that they call metastasis is completely, and I used to, you know, we we don't really tend to question things like the virus theory. We, most people have never questioned the idea of metastasis, but it is a theory. And, you know, the idea that a cancer cell from one place just scatters around to all the body and it wants to take over, that is a myth. And that is a theory that is not proven in in actual studies, in actual reality. They've never seen a cancer cell in transit from point A to point B through the blood, you know? And so they, they hypothesize that, oh, it's, it's traveling. Well, how's it traveling? Have we ever seen a cancer cell in transit from point A to point B? The answer is no. And so what Dr. Hammer discovered was that when you have like a primary cancer, so let's say you get, you find a breast lump and then you go and have a mammogram and they probe and prod and do all of this stuff to you and you get this diagnosis and then boom, all of a sudden you feel broken. You feel damaged. Mm-hmm. Where? Right here. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so when yeah. you you know, go in for a follow-up scan and they say, oh, now we're seeing spots on your bones and on your, you know, and, and your lymph nodes are now involved. What they tell you is that the cancer is spread from the breast 
to the bone and to the lymph node. That's what they're told. That's what they but, tell people, right? We know that. Yeah. And that's, yeah, that's what they tell people. And that's how they get them to buy into the idea that we need, need to cut, poison, burn. We need to cut out the cancer. We need to radiate. And then we need to, you know, chemo so that we can get all these cells from. And that's how they kind of sell their services is through the idea. Because if a person understood that the reason that this lump is here is because you suffered a nest worry conflict or a separation conflict that led to specific adaptations in the breast, they wouldn't be able to, you know, to kind of rope you into their whole treatment regime um, because you're like, oh, I understand this was because I lost my my so-and-so or this tragic thing happened and I, you know, was really upset about it and lost sleep over it for a year and a half. So it makes sense that I've got this big tumor here now because my body was simply adapting to all of that intense sadness and stress and worry and conflict that was going on in my psyche. So it's just, it's everything about it is viewed completely differently than the, the mainstream, what we have been conditioned to believe all these years. And then why, why, is it, why does the body create a tumor? What's it trying to do there? Just okay. They're trying to help out the situation so, somehow, even though it looks pretty bad on, on an x-ray, right? They said, dude, you got a tumor. So there's two different reasons, two different uh, mechanisms by which like a tumor will form. So the first is if there is, so these are tissues controlled from the older brain, there is cellular addition during the active conflict. So the example we can give for this is the breast gland. So if a woman or a man, because men also have breast tissue, experience a profound nest worry, so this is, I am very, very worried for my offspring, for their well-being, for their survival. And this could be, it doesn't necessarily have to be a child. It could be anybody that you're very, very worried about. And so biologically, we have to remember that our bodies are ancient and they developed and evolved in very different circumstances than we are currently living in. And so we have to remember that years and years and years ago, if your child had an injury and was bleeding out, your body has the ability, the female body has the ability to produce nourishment, fluid, hydration for someone who is bleeding out. And the way that it would do that is by proliferating additional breast gland cells because the breast gland is what produces the breast milk. So this is an ancient survival strategy that is still in us. So even though we don't practically need breast milk to hydrate a bleeding out child because we have running water and all sorts of places and hospitals where we can go get IV fluids, all of that. You know, although it's not practically useful for us anymore, we have to remember we're working with ancient software. We've got old, old, old programming in our bodies that are going to activate when we experience particular flavors of conflict. So nest worry means growth of the breast gland. And so what does that mean for you? Oh, there's a lump here. <laughs> I feel a lump in my breast. You have to look back. Okay, what was I worried about? The cool thing though, is that the body actually has a plan and program. So when you resolve the breast gland conflict, you find out that your child is fine. The person you were worried about is fine. <sighs> You're relieved. And then the body uses bacteria myco ancient bacteria that lives in our body like tubercular bacteria and it will decompose the tumor and that's the whole that that's the natural process and the natural design of the body is that the bacteria are there to help us to decompose and break down cells that were grown during a conflict and so you can see that those those cells they are temporary cells they are they're meant they're, they're disposable they're meant to be broken down after their use is no longer needed. And, but that's when, if we find out, oh my gosh, I have a tumor and you get scared and worried all over again, you can see how, you know, you can have another conflict, multiple conflicts, you know, if that conflict with the worry wasn't fully resolved or if, you know, something happens to that person you were concerned about again, that's why understanding this is absolutely crucial. Boy, it's just, because if you just, yeah, it's just amazing. You are, I, I don't know what I'm talking about, but I know you're on it. I mean, I, I know spiritually, you know, I get it, what you're saying, because mm -hmm. I've seen my, you know, what goes on in my body, and I can just, it's, wow, if people only knew more of this, you know, all these poor ladies and their little bumps, their bumps, and oh my God, you know, oh my, my God. 
Dr. Melissa Sell is with us. Uh, stop me before I start crying, So, uh, and I will, so be, be careful. <laughs> and uh, let me do a little break, okay? And then we'll be right back on okay. uh, OneRadioNetwork.com. You've, you've all heard about these uh, you know, electromagnetic fields, 5G, 6G, 12G, 11G. I don't know about you, but I'm working on I just know that we can protect ourselves from all this stuff just because what we think and believe, but don't get me started there. But in the meantime, there are tools that we can use to help us to uh, help our body to stay stronger, to uh, not fall prey to these cell phone towers and Wi-Fis and stuff like this. This is a tool that I think you are very, um, should be interested in. We're talking with Brandon Amalani about his great product, the Blue Shield. Uh, and the Blue Shield is, uh, the main product is a cube, and it doesn't block the EMFs as some people think, right, Brandon? That's correct. It doesn't. It's it's really about the communication of the device and the, and the body. And what we figured out is how to communicate with the body and amp it up. So it's affecting the cell voltage. It's affecting the intercellular communication. And uh, the most important part is that it's getting the body to stop fighting the EMF, which are repetitive signals in the environment. They're non-native, they're man-made, and the body raises white blood cell counts and, and attacks it like it's a virus, essentially. That's interesting. That's very, very different technology from most units around. Oh, yeah, absolutely. This uses uh, multiple scalar outputs, and, and it's really innovative, the scalar realm, because it's using crystal photonics or light to basically do this digital signaling that creates these longitudinal waves that move through time space and affect the subatomic structures between atoms. So as it moves and passes through your body, it's literally affecting the mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual components of what we're made up of. Well, as you can hear, this is, this is interesting technology, very different and working on the cells in the body. Uh, the Blue Shield, it's on our website, front page, use promo code One Radio, little cube, take care of the whole house. They also have a little personal guy you can put in your pocket or purse. Blue Shield, promo code One Radio, OneRadioNetwork.com. We've been promoting uh, the Relax Far Infrared Sauna for 10 years now. I've had one that long, and I'm in my little guy, as you can see a picture of if you're watching on video or see a picture on our website probably every day of my life and I just do it, get my little, uh, make sure I got my electrolytes and good salt and some magnes and uh, uh, lots of water and uh, I just think it's a wonderful, wonderful tool. Heat has been known forever and ever to help the body to, to do all kinds of fun things, not the least of which, which is to you know sweat uh, through our pores and get through a lot of yuck stuff we breathe in uh, through the air and the water and and the food and burger doodle. You don't go to burger doodle? Oh man, you should go. It's fun. No, just kidding. But check it out. If you'd like to get one, just email me, Patrick at OneRadioNetwork.com. Patrick at OneRadioNetwork.com. And I'll give you the best, best price ever. And just uh, $12.95 in the lower 48 for those of you at Petaluma. That doesn't mean Alaska or Hawaii, everything else. We ship two of them to. Ireland, Ireland today, and I think it was only 13, no, let's see, 12, 14, so I think 14.50 or something total tax title license to Ireland with the proper plug. So it's a, it's a, we ship them all over the world. Just email me and I'll and hook you up with the best price, Patrick at OneRadioNetwork.com. Before we get back to, back to Melissa's cell, uh, our phone lines are totally out. But if you have a question or a comment for her, you can email. The internet is working. Just email me, Patrick, at OneRadioNetwork.com. Patrick, at OneRadioNetwork.com if you have a question or a comment for her. We have a couple more days, I think, maybe like uh, one, through, um, yeah, yeah, through the end of this month, which would be, I guess, tomorrow night, right? 30 days, that's September, April, June. That'd be uh, whatever. Yeah, tomorrow night. Um, Rishi and Shaga, 20% off. Great mushrooms. 20, no, not those kind of mushrooms. 20% off on mushroom ex extracts. Adapt Now is the promo code. Adapt Now, 20% off on mushroom extracts on any survival link on oneradionetwork.com. Adapt Now is the uh, uh, promo code. So 20% off. Man, I need some, and I'm going to get some more because 
I'm going to just, just do what I am. Broadcasting from the beautiful Hill Country in Texas, this is one radionetwork.com. Dr. Melissa Sell is with us. She is uh, he's up there. You're so cute. I tell you what, if you... Um, I won't even say it. Now, um, it, it, <laughs> your website is drmelissacell.com and uh, she's up in, in California. And um, it's going to be coming fall there. This is, to me, this is just, wow. You, do you continue to understand more about German New Medicine as you go? It sounds like it from talking to you. I mean, you, you even from the last time it talks like I talked to you, it sounds like you're even understanding it more clearly. It It is such detailed science, and there is so much that hasn't even been translated into English yet. And so there's uh, some really great new resources for education on uh, G- German New Medicine, which is, by the way, um, there's another name for it, which is Germanic healing knowledge and getting away from the medicine connotation um, is something that Dr. Hammer wanted towards the end because there was just so, you know, practicing medicine without a license and all mm. of these things that, you know, you use the word medicine and people automatically assume things. But really, it's this Germanic healing knowledge, which I like a lot better because it is it's healing knowledge, knowledge about how the body innately works and so there's uh, it's really cool i am like you said learning so much more and understanding it at a deeper level and uh, the more i talk to people the more i see how it's so unique and that's the beautiful thing about it it's so individual to every person every person perceives the world differently everyone experiences these conflict shocks in a nuanced way that has to do with them and their own personal history um, but the template for understanding it, you know, comes from what Dr. Hammer discovered about our embryology and how our bodies developed over time. And so it really is the most mind-blowing, important, crucial science for every, I mean, it should be taught in schools. Children should know about it. Every single human, every single doc, if your doctor doesn't know about this, they, they cannot help you as best as they could, you know, because they believe that there's something wrong with your body. You just have to know when you go into that world and they're operating under the premise of random cancer cells, you know, going all over the body for no rhyme or reason, it's just your body breaking down or whatever, your treatment and the care that they're going to give you is going to be very different than if you recognized and understood that this is deliberate and intentional, your body's doing it for a reason. You know, you may still utilize medical care. There are situations where surgery is necessary and helpful for a person to survive because they were in conflict for a really, really long time. Um, And so, but knowing how to utilize it rather than going in from a state of fear of, oh my gosh, there's something bad in my body versus, there's something normal in my body. It just has been there for a really long time. And it's, you know, the the easiest thing is going to be to cut it out because we don't want to, you know, close off any colons or ducts or any passageways that need to be open. We don't want those closed off. And so when, but when you're making that decision out of confidence and understanding rather than panic and fear, the entire experience is different. Let's take the case of someone who maybe been conflict for a long time and has some, some kind of what they call stage four cancer doctor cell and uh, they're wanting to cut body parts out and stuff because they say well you're just going to die and the people um if, if they just did nothing is there a chance that they could heal from that or would they have to go back and really understand the conflict before it would heal they would just lie there say well i'm just not going to get it cut out possibility they could die right if they don't or you tell me Yes. I mean, they, that's the thing is it's not about doing nothing because when you have this knowledge, you do something, you, you know, you may have to practically change your situation. You have to, may have to change the way you're thinking about and relating to, you know, your partner to money. You may have to change things that are very intimate to your perception of the world in order to break out of whatever cycle that you're in. You know, one of the biggest cycles that most people are in, if they, you know, have been diagnosed with stage four anything is fear. And if we can turn the fear down, I mean, then that is kind of a tall order because, you know, the fear comes from every direction. Most people's families don't know about, you know, the five biological laws don't know about GNM. And so you've got all of these warring opinions where you're like, 
I believe my body's doing the right thing, but my family wants me to do this and my doctor wants me to do this. And so you do have to find peace in your own spirit, understanding with your own mind, because one of our biggest problems is outsourcing. Is we say, well, I don't know anything about my body. Let me just go into the doctor. They went to school for this. I didn't. You know, I, I'm just normal Joe and I don't know how my body works. But every single person, this is your body. You have to be able to understand at least the basics of how it works and why it does what it does. Otherwise, you are perpetually going to be in the hands of someone else and their opinions, and their beliefs, and their education, and their background. And so the more that you can take personal responsibility and understand how your body works, at least develop a basic understanding of these connections, then you can start to make really informed and wise decisions for yourself about what to do in the case of a diagnosis. Mm. And the new name is going to be more Germanic, Germanic, what? Healing knowledge. Healing knowledge. Germanic healing knowledge. Yeah, that's great. Uh, are there there places in Europe that teach this or other places in this country as well? Well, that's one of the things is that Dr. Hammer, he was never able to open a school because he was. He was um, you know, jailed for practicing medicine without a license because of the, you know, just even sharing things with people about his discoveries because they want this suppressed. Because if this were to be seriously analyzed by any university and given any type of credation of any sort, it would only be a matter of time before everything would crumble because you don't go in for, you know, surgeries and medications and things when you understand, oh, this has everything to do with my conflicts. And if a person has, you know, and some people I think still would opt for the easy way out, which is take the pill, put on the steroid cream, you know, get the surgery because a lot of people aren't ready to take personal responsibility and they want the easy way out or they want to just suppress their symptoms. And so I think that there still would be people who, you know, would do that. But by and large, once you're teaching in medical school, oh, this is the reason that this happens, it changes the face of everything. So there are not um, official schools yet. There is one being worked on um, currently. And there actually are in some Spanish speaking countries um, in Italy. There, there's, there's several groups that are doing really cool things. Um, but, you know, that's it's all in the works. Yeah. It, you know, it's funny, uh, 20, 30 years ago, uh, 40 years ago, every now and then a doctor would say, well, it's all in your mind, you know. And they were probably right, right? And they got laughed at, even though they didn't know what they were talking about. This whole idea, the basic concept that what we think, what we believe, what, what, our, what our image of reality is, what we believe reality is, what is real? Is a virus real? Is terrorism real? You know, are nuclear bombs real? I don't know. Just, you know, make up whatever one you want. That, that's in our body when we believe that, right? It is in there. It's got to be in there. I've, you know, it just is. And I think these are all these kind of uh, filters that you talked about, right? These filters, even if, you know what I mean? Even if you believe that anything, we have to really be careful what we believe is, is real. Really be mm-hmm. careful. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yes. The whole, you know, the world of the, the virus fear, it, the, the virus is the idea of the virus, because as soon as you have this idea that there is a threat, there is something dangerous out there that I could get that could hurt me, that is the thing. So from the, the, the perspective of the five biological laws, what are the symptoms associated with these, you know, viruses? Oh, it's like respiratory distress. And so we look at the program, the biological program associated with the bronchial mucosa. So we've got these bronchia that go out into the lungs and that they're lined with a mucosal lining. If you sense a threat in your territory, a territorial fear, something dangerous could get me. And so what is that? That is the idea of, oh, that person's not wearing a mask. Is this person vaccinated? You know, did they clean this table sufficiently? So here you are, you are in fear of something invisible that you can't see that somebody told you exists. I mean, did you ever actually see a virus? Have you ever looked at the papers and the research that they allegedly use to claim that a virus exists? Because it's all smoke and mirrors. They don't exist. Never been isolated. They don't. Never been isolated. (laughs) Zero. And what they 
it's it's all based off of um, in the 50s, this guy did one, um, you know, science experiment, basically, and he was given the Nobel Prize. And so from that point on, we just assumed that what he did was legit, <laughs> and that we can actually isolate a virus, but we cannot. And so I highly recommend every single person look at those papers because once you see, oh, this hasn't been isolated, this is simply, there's no way that you can consider what they've done in these studies isolation. You're talking about, excuse me, you're talking about the Enders paper. Go ahead. The Enders paper, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. And what they do is they, you know, they starve tissue, they poison it with antibiotics, they have all these serums from you know these fetal serums in there and so there's all sorts of foreign stuff and then they say oh this is the virus and they plug it into a computer and they generate a model but it's totally fabricated <laughs> a whole thing and so we have to look at it. but once a person has that belief in their mind we assume that there is a virus they assume that the virus causes sickness here you are you're operating out in the world under fear And so you are afraid of your neighbor. You're afraid to go out. You're afraid of the unvaccinated. And it's all based off of what? An idea. Not something that's actually proven in our physical reality, but it doesn't make a difference because for you, it is real. And that that is, that's that lens, that's that perception. And once a person can kind of peel back those layers and say, oh my goodness, I was believing this based off of hearsay. Because of you know generations, it's the emperor has no clothes. Everyone's like, oh, <laughs> this is normal. This is how it's supposed to be, and you know people are waking up to it, which thankfully they are. Because it's, as long as the culture is under the spell of a little micro you know particle that can make you sick, they've got you. They've got you. They're they're going to be. It's going to be vaccine after vaccine after you know who even knows what they're going to come up with technology wise. Sure. You know, you have Delta variant and then Alpha, and who knows, right? It's just going to be a lot of variants because once you believe in the original idea, which is false, then you can just stretch it out. And in my opinion, I don't know if this is true, but I just, I think that they're now blaming it on China so they can cover up on the whole idea. And we had Dr. Cowan on the other day, and he said, oh, I think China's just the patsy. And I think he's right. I think they're just going to try to blame it on China because they know that the whole virus thing just doesn't fly. And then, you know, people could read the Enders paper and he actually says, doesn't he somewhere in there, Melissa, in all the fine print, that he's not sure if this is right or something like that. I don't know what he said. He's, I'm not sure if this is right. <laughs> yeah, the, the, this this may not be what we think it is. And, and the fact that we can take that, it's like, but it's such a profitable idea. And, you know, even if they had to fudge a few things and, and make a, a bunch of leaps, it's been very good for the system. It's been very good for the system of vaccine production because if people didn't believe that there was a little particle, if they knew that it has everything to do with me and my experience of safety out in the world and my personal shocks and the things that I go through and also my susceptibility. I was speaking with someone the other day who was like, oh, well, I'm not, I wasn't afraid. You know, I was out and I got, you know, believe that they got the Delta variant by being out in public. Um, And it was like, okay, well, and they they didn't experience themselves as being afraid, but it isn't about what you're consciously aware of. It is, you know, all of the messaging that you've received your entire life about viruses, about being out. And it's like, you don't have to consciously say, oh, I'm afraid right now to have kind of an internal sense of fear and lack of safety because the psyche isn't just you know, the thoughts in your head, your psyche is your entire signal detection apparatus. Like right now, like the thing that's detecting the temperature. Okay. Do we need to shiver? Do we need to sweat? What do we, you know, the, all of the little information coming at us at all times, all of that is being influenced by this deeper programming of safety and fear. And so, you know, sometimes people have a hard time accepting or understanding uh, GNM, GHK, because they're like, well, I didn't think about it. You don't have to have like an actual thought that you are afraid to still experience a fear conflict shock because it's automatic. It's like it's a reflex. It's an innate reflex that you have to your perception of your surroundings, um, even if you're not having an actual thought about it. And so that's why 
making these connections and starting to say, oh, you know what? And a lot of people just are disconnected from their bodies. They're not aware that they're kind of afraid. They're not aware that their heart rate is up and their hands are cold and that they're a little nervous to be out in public because of the stuff that they've been hearing on the news for the last year and a half. And so you kind of have to take all of that into consideration which is why, you know, from the stuff that I teach to people, awareness really is everything. I have to get to know myself. I have to, you know, kind of dig back the layers and and have radical honesty about how do I really feel? You know, I can think in my head, I'm not afraid of anything. But, you know, you can't How do I mind. really feel? You know, have that conversation with yourself, right? Close your eyes and say, "Okay, what do I really believe?" I do that a lot with everything. You'd be surprised what you come up with. That's good. That's so good. Yeah. And you do, you have to, you know, have those moments with yourself and people are so busy and they have an idea in their head of how they should be. And so the idea in their head of how they should be, they, you know, they'll suppress anything that is not in alignment with this, this image of how they should be. And so they're not even kind of able and willing to acknowledge how they are and how they really feel because they're ashamed of it and they don't know what to do with it. And so the work that I do with people in, in the awareness and the mind mastery stuff is really about that. It's like, okay, here's the idea in your head. Let's look at how things really are and get radically aware and honest about what's actually going on. And that, that can all be changed because you can, like we are amazing at changing. We have this amazing imagination that can change and break out of old patterns, but you just kind of have to know, know how to use it because Typically, um, you know, something that's been going on is just going to keep going on. It's got this momentum from the past. And so you have to do something intentional and deliberate to put a new show on the road, to play new tapes, to speak to yourself in your head in new and different ways that are in alignment with the future and the experiences that you actually want to have. And so that's really what the work is about. It's about experience transformation. How do I go from feeling insecure and lonely and afraid to feeling secure and confident and connected to everything and fearless. You know, there's a way to do that. And it's through changing the way you talk to yourself in your head, the way that you see and perceive yourself in the world. And, and to your idea about uh, the, people not necessarily being conscious of being afraid of this imaginary virus. I mean, how often we spend our whole lives and maybe lifetimes, who knows? Oh, I caught a cold or I catch a cold or I catch the flu, right? I mean, but we don't catch anything, and we know that. It's a detoxification. We don't catch the measles. We don't catch anything. It's just, oh, my God. So, um, yeah. Um, so, but but it's, so it's not difficult to believe, then, that people that believe in the idea of a virus can then have symptoms, right? They can, And whatever symptoms they think they might or could have or should have or would have, right, they're going to have those. And then maybe then they go to the doctor and who knows what they do there. They give them remdesivir or some other stuff that's very dangerous, as you know, or put them on ventilators. And then you got this whole thing. And it's just, it's just terrible what's going on. I just don't know what to do about it. And that, and that's the thing is, you know, the, um, yeah, the system perpetuates itself. And from the GNM perspective, it is a little different that the symptom manifestation is not like a detox process. It's a tissue repair process, you know, so there, there's a little bit of a different. Um, okay. Explain that a little bit. Uh, so, so in other words, so say I, I believe, uh, I believe in the coronavirus and now I believe in the Delta and I really believe it. And pretty soon I start getting symptoms. Then what happens? So, so what happens is, so you're, you've got this fear, you've got this territorial fear. So you're out in public, you have all these ideas about viruses, you've got this kind of threat in your territory, you feel unsafe. And then, you know, you get home finally, and you're like, oh, I'm safe now, or I don't have to be out in public. And so when you were out in public and feeling unsafe, when you were having this territorial fear, the bronchial mucosal lining was eroding. So it was widening so that more air could get into your lungs so that you could fight or flight, get away from this fearful, dangerous situation. And then when you're safe again, when you're home, when you're out of the danger, your body starts to rebuild that mucosal lining. And so that's when you get tickles in your, in your chest and you start coughing and you have a fever. So those symptoms, it's not something being detoxed or expelled. And, and that's, you know, a lot of the terrain theory world. Um, that's how they view coughing and rashes. They see it as uh, 
toxins leaving the body. But from the uh, perspective of the five biological laws, it is intentional tissue repair following intentional tissue adaptation. And so that's the difference. So like with a skin rash, that has to do with a separation conflict. Because even in the terrain model, why does a rash show up on my, you know, my right side in, in inner elbow? And so they would say, oh, well, it's just a detox process. But it's like, well, why why there and not everywhere else? Why would I detox just out of my right inner elbow? But from the GNM perspective, we know that the right side for a right-handed person, that is their partner, father, friend side. And the inside of the body is going to be wanting to hold, wanting to bring them close. And so the rash that shows up here has to do with a separation conflict from your partner you wanted to hold close. And so that's that's where, you know, this perspective makes more sense to me than than just the the, the terrain idea that I got you. So then, even with flus or colds, it's not so much a, a detoxification that goes on, change of weather or whatever goes on. That the reason we we go through these things sometimes, it's more from your perspective. It's more of a of a rebuilding, of of a repair and regeneration. That's what we're feeling, and that's why we might even get a fever, or Yep. You had a shock. So with cold, a cold is a stink conflict. So something stinks that I'm frustrated, I'm annoyed, I'm fed up. Um, something physically stinks. So if you smell something like chemicals or something that you don't like the smell of, um, that causes erosion in the sinus cavity. And then when you resolve the stink conflict, you get away from the stinky thing or the frustrating situation resolves, then you're sneezing and your nose is running and you're all stuffed up, not because of a detox, but because you're Sinuses were eroded during the active conflict, and then during the healing, they're rebuilding. And so that's what the fluid is. That's what the swelling is. All of that is um, the repair following the adaptation that was initiated by the conflict. So when, yeah, wow, that's that's so much more fun than the detox thing. I'll let go of that detox idea. Yeah, I like that. And even Dr. Massey had told us a couple times with the recall healing work where people... Uh, where they have this idea that the territory is being taken over and they have heart issues or something. And then that's when oftentimes they have heart attacks when they're actually healing and they're having pain and stuff like that. And then they, I guess they get frightened or something. Or maybe that should be the time when they should just be resting, right? Just be chilling out. And, but it, Well, that's a very interesting, that's one of the, the all of it's interesting. But yeah. with the heart, the territorial loss, or a sexual conflict. Those are the two that can affect the um, the blood vessels of the heart, so the arteries or the veins. And with the yeah, with the territorial loss conflict, if you've had anginas, so like chest pains, and there's been a territorial loss that you've experienced for more than nine months, Dr. Hammer says you don't want to resolve that conflict because if it's been going on for more than nine months. The heart attack, which is, like you said, it's part of the healing, but part of that healing, there is extreme swelling on the brain. It's the length and intensity of the conflict that determines whether or not you're going to survive it. And so if you've had a territorial conflict or a sexual conflict, you want to resolve those as quickly as you can. Um, or if they've gone on for longer than six to nine months, you don't want to totally resolve them. You just want to maybe downgrade them, make them not as intense. But if you were to fully resolve it, it may result in a life-ending heart attack because that's part of the biological program. If you've suffered a territorial loss conflict, um, it's, it's biological too. Like you're taken out of the race essentially. Before we go, I know you have to, you have to leave in a few minutes. What are some of... Um what are some of the main reasons why we see so much um, thyroid in our culture, in your opinion, just in general, and also uh, low and high, and then also for for those who've been around the planet for longer times uh, in the guise of prostate? What are some of the things going on? Okay, so with the thyroid, there's there's two different tissue types of the thyroid that can be affected. The thyroid gland has to do with feeling too slow. And so we live in a very rushed culture where we have to have it yesterday and we need to hurry up and we need to do things. Rush, rush, rush. We're, you know, time crunch by the clock. And so the thyroid will proliferate additional thyroid gland cells if you're feeling too slow. So that's one reason. I mean, you, like you're, you're feeling you can't keep up with whatever we're supposed to be keep, keeping up with. That's interesting. Okay. 
I was too slow to get something. That's the right side of the thyroid. I was too slow to get rid of something. So like if you wanted to sell some stock or something and you didn't do it in time, or you wanted to sell your house before the market dipped and you didn't do it in time, that will affect the left half of the thyroid, which is another totally interesting thing. Another family of conflicts uh, uh, that affects the, the thyroid is the thyroid ducts, and it has to do with feeling powerless or feeling afraid of something, a frontal fear. So something coming at you, um, even like a fear of cancer. Like if you have this worry in your mind that cancer is genetic and you're like, oh, I might get cancer sometime in the future. So the, the thyroid ducts are affected by powerlessness or frontal fear. And I mean, and People have conflicts like that all the time. My hands are tied. There's nothing I can do. There's nothing I can do to fix this problem. And so the body widens the thyroid duct, again, to get more thyroid hormone out into your system so you can get out of the situation. Now with the prostate, that has to do with um, procreation. Um, often it is kind of humiliating treatment by a woman, like a man, if, you know, when he gets older, and it's very interesting, the dynamics of men and women as we age, Men, men become women and women become men, basically. So like a woman after menopause. And so if she is, you know, mistreating her, her spouse or very mean and degrading to him, that can cause prostate enlargement. Um, also, you know, anything about manliness, anything having to do with not feeling like a man anymore, feeling like less of a man, the prostate gets nice and big because it wants to produce um this fluid so that everybody knows you're a man. <laughs> and, uh, and that's one of the reasons that the prostate will enlarge. It's fascinating. And, um, and I, before we go to, I think it's fun for me to think about all of this, what you've said this last hour, which has been great, is that on a large spiritual level, all of this is just God's way of telling us to learn that we don't need to be doing this stuff, right? That we don't need to be afraid, we don't need to be fearful, that we are little sparks of God, that we can do whatever we want. You know what I mean? All of these things are just lessons, aren't they? They're just guideposts. Like say, you know, don't worry, just be happy. <laughs> You've got it, and there is, you know, we, we live, our modern lifestyles are not congruent with our ancient biology. Mm -hmm. And one of the, the things that Dr. Hummer, he talked about was how when you understand this knowledge, it would rearrange everything about society. We wouldn't do the things that we do hmm. because our lifestyle and our disconnection from nature and biology and our disconnection from God and the way that, you know, this humanity, how it works, it's the disconnection that causes the dis-ease. It's the disconnection, it's the fear, it's all of that that causes us to adapt in these ways. And so there is a biological order. And when you get yourself in that order, you'll find that your life is peaceful and you are at ease and you're not having these disputes and conflicts. It's just when you remove people from nature and you have them, you know, working in <laughs> sky rise buildings and we've got lights on 24 seven, everything is inverted and our bodies, you know, are constantly in a state of needing to adapt. And our experience is one of fear. Here and yeah. so oh excuse me i didn't mean to do that so they actually they they put dr hammer in prison for talking about this stuff they put him in jail whoa yeah. he was a real threat mm -hmm. to them huh? he was a real threat to them oh, yes oh. and that is you know to this day you know people aren't allowed to talk like in in europe they they can't even call it you know a germanic new they can't even talk about it really because there are you know people that would put you in jail for practicing medicine, for, for doing this work. And um, and so, yeah, it's definitely under the radar. And I was shocked when, you know, I, I discovered it about, what was it? Early 2017 was the first time I had ever heard a whisper about this thing called German New Medicine. And I was like, how have I, I had been in the health world for at least a decade at that point, but I had never heard of it. And it's because it is, it's very much suppressed and under the radar. And, you know, and even in the alternative health world, it, it challenges a lot of ideas and a lot of things that people recommend. Um, it would have to kind of fundamentally be rearranged um, if they were to fully accept it. But I, I love it because I've seen it. I, I just watch it in my own life. You see it work. Yeah. My dog, the people around me. And so there's just no question that this is how the body works. And I could see how it could threaten even a lot of the best meaning well-meaning, lovely, natural people, docs and everything, because it just threatens a lot of stuff, you know, 
because you know they're not going to sell as much stuff you know <laughs> what can i tell you <laughs> but so, and so it goes we are capitalists you know we're well you know what you're just terrific would you come back more often if can i if i invite you back would you come back because this is good stuff i like talking with you well i love talking to you this is really good stuff isn't it i mean it's important we should do it like even oh, yeah. once a month we just talk about this and help people to understand right because this is the this yeah. is the bomb, you know. This is it, you know. This is it. Got it. All right, girl. Well, I love you. Thank you. My best to your 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 fellow. Uh, there's Steve, right? And yep. can folks? How do they do? Now, I've been I've been sending people. I hope you don't mind. People are writing me, and I keep sending. Just maybe, and you can take on patience. And also, how can they learn the mind mastery thing? Do you have courses ongoing, or how does that work? Yes, we actually, it'll, it'll reopen in January. Um, we just uh, launched the 10 weeks. So we're on week two of a 10 week program. And so let me know if you want to get on the list for the next time that we do that. It will be in January. Uh, but I also wanted to say I have a, um, a German New Medicine, Germanic Healing Knowledge organization. It's called uh, ghkglobal.org. Wow. And we are doing a summit. We, uh, we have a yearly summit and this is our third time doing it. That is October it's the Saturday. Let me look at the day. It's either the 16th or the 17th. And it's a free, it's the 16th. It's a free summit that you can register for on the ghkglobal.org website. Um, and it's going to be all about stories, people's stories of using this knowledge to heal their body from acne, warts, um, <laughs> asthma. Whatever. It's going to be a lot of stories. So please uh, register for that. You'll, you'll get a lot out of it. So that's ghkglobal.org. Dot org, and that's an online summit. It's free o- over two days, and you and you can just just check it out and, and see what. And you can have a lot of stories. Yep, it's it's a one day summit, oh, and one so day. Uh, yes, it's a one day summit. It'll just be the evening of uh, October sixteenth, and yeah, you'll learn from people from people's real experiences using this knowledge to heal themselves. Uh huh. Yeah. Well, I know you have to go. Take care. And we should do it. Let's do it once a month. I'm just going to talk you into it. Okay, so we, we see she said so right later live, so you can't get out of it. We'll see you real soon. Take care of yourself, all right? Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Dr. dot com. And uh, that's cool. ghkglobal.org. That'd be something. It's going to be the evening of the 16th. And you can hear some stories about this. This is, It just makes sense, doesn't it? Doesn't totally, absolutely make sense. There's just no reason why something can happen in our body. You know, some kind of thing with our blood pressure or some kind of thing with cancer cells or some kind of thing. A lady's got to love them with their little lumps and all that stuff. There's a reason for it. It just doesn't happen. And the reason is, is because who we are, why we are, what we are, what we are, what we believe, and you can you can just work with it. And you're never going to have to go to a doctor again unless you break your leg. And even then, you could probably get a neighbor to, no, just kidding. But you don't need to break your, you know what I'm saying? Just, man. Yeah, we're going to get around once a month. Okay, I will see you on... <laughs> On Friday, see you talking. I'm going to see her on Friday, and uh, we're going to have lots to talk about. We'll talk more about this whole lie of Sun Tzu that we talked about this morning. Of um, well, you know, the supreme art of war is to subdue the enemy without fighting. We don't want to rumble it up with these people. They could get a little crazy later on. You know, with who knows. But let's not get into a rumble with them, and we'll talk more about it. But we'll have lots to talk about it. And um, go to Melissa Sell's website and support her and uh, maybe get a session with her if you found what you found here heard interesting today or on a podcast. And uh, and uh, DrMelissaSell.com. And she works with people all around the world all the time through the interweb. Uh, don't forget, uh, all of our, our, our videos are on BitChute, on BitChute. You can uh, sign up, subscribe, click the little bell to subscribe, and uh, that you get alerted every time uh, we get a new podcast up, and it'll, a new video, and all of our audios are on the front page. We got some good people next week. 
Uh, we're going to have a, a real expert on cryptos. He says there's going to be some hardcore things coming down from governments on cryptos. I believe, uh, in my experience, or what I've been told by the crypto, the crypto maniacs that I love, that it's going to mainly affect those selling the cryptos and you know the exchanges, not necessarily those like you and I who are going to buy them, maybe. And then also David Wolf will be here next week, uh, Fred Jaszewski, and uh, who, who else do we have next week? Who's on Tuesday? Let me grab it here. Tuesday. Oh, a crow. Crow 777. He's a trip. He, 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 there, oh, he's a trip. He'll talk about everything from a non-movable earth. He didn't, he's not necessarily a flat earther as, uh, as, uh, as some are, but he has a lot of interesting experiences with the cosmos and with all belief systems and Crow 777. That'll be on Tuesday. All right, kids, I love you. Thank you. I will see you Friday, 10 o'clock Central Time. Let us know if we can help with anything. Patrick at OneRadioNetwork.com. And uh, until then, may the blessings be. See you. Broadcasting from the beautiful Hill Country in Texas, this is OneRadioNetwork.com.